This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today, I'm going to be talking with an amazing young man, and yeah, he is kind of (laughs) young, but that's why he is so amazing. I mean, this is so cool. This is going to be so much fun talking with you. I do have to admit, I think you are the youngest guest I've ever had. Um, I had somebody who was 21. And you're 20, correct? Just turned 20 on Sunday. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I tell people I have shoes older than you. Um, (laughs) But what I love is you are an entrepreneur and a very successful entrepreneur. And we're obviously going to talk a lot more about that. Um, But please join me, everyone, in welcoming Ram Raviv to our program today. Welcome, Ram. Thank you. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Heard a lot about this show and just looking forward to having fun. Great. I love it. Well, let me tell people a little bit about you and then we will dive into this because we're going to have a great discussion. So Ram Raviv first started out in the entrepreneurial world by interviewing world-class business owners at age 18. This interview series called Spreading Success ended up reaching the top 100 business charts in only its first six months of existence. After realizing the many challenges of being a podcast host, he decided to create an affordable podcast editing solution that included social media promotion, auto scheduling, and more to solve the frustrations he had in working on his own show. Today, after helping over 250 podcasters, Podblade has grown to a six-figure company by taking a B2B approach to scaling through its unique white label system. Ram and his team help businesses offer unmatched podcast editing services to their clients through white labeling. And we're going to talk more about that in detail. But first, you know, how is it that you are you know, just 20 years old. You're already a very successful entrepreneur. You know, tell us how you got here and how you discovered that for right now, this is your passion. Yeah. So I, when I was around 14 or 15, I would watch uh, a lot of Gary Vaynerchuk on Instagram. Okay. And he was kind of the one that showed me that there is a life outside of the standard go to school, mm-hmm. get a job. Gary V is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I have all of his shoes and I read all of his books. And so really, really great inspiration. And then from there, uh, my dad is also an entrepreneur. So he has his own real estate uh, Mm -hmm. brokerage that he works with. Um, And from there, just kind of having that, those two 
kind of icons to look up okay. to. It allowed me to just explore. Obviously, mm-hmm. when I was around that age, I wasn't starting a six-figure business, mm-hmm. but I was trying you know, to sell different things, just the classic entrepreneur thing, mm-hmm. trying to flip things on eBay. And then from there, I started drop shipping, lost a ton of money because I just ch- kind of rushed into it. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I started my own podcast. Uh, it wasn't making me any money at the time, but I knew that it would take me somewhere. I knew that speaking Mm -hmm. to these high level people would give me an ROI that Mm -hmm. was far Mm -hmm. greater than any money could ever generate. And for me, that was huge. And what ended up happening is, you know, a few months into the podcast, I wanted to to quit almost immediately. And it wasn't because I wasn't passionate about it. I Mm -hmm. loved it, but it was just the technical aspects of it that was just so draining. Mm -hmm. And I knew obviously as an 18 year old kid, the power of social media Mm -hmm in promoting these uh, podcast episodes. Mm -hmm. And what I realized that a lot of these podcast editing companies were not offering that and they were offering like way too high of prices. Mm -hmm. And so from my perspective, I wanted to solve a problem that I personally Mm -hmm. had. So I wanted to come up with a solution that offered affordable podcast editing, but also gave them everything that they needed. So they didn't have to work on the graphics for a few hours themselves and they can just kind of have everything done. And then they can focus on recording, Mm -hmm. growing their show and not have to worry about the the tiny details of the podcast. Right. I love it. And there are lots of things that go into having a podcast. Um, and, and I think that's where it's so daunting to so many people. They think, hey, I'd like to do that, but, um, you know, and, and they don't know that the technology side, they don't know the promotion side. They just know either their subject matter or, and or who they would like to interview. Um, you know, I was very fortunate when I started out. Um, I was telling you in the, the pre-chat that I started on a internet-based radio station, and all I had to do was get the guest and show up at the studio. Um, you know, I was there. Now, obviously, I did my research about the guest and, and things like that, but we did that for a year or so and then moved, <laughs> you know, and so that really threw a, a wrench into things. So I had to learn the software. I had to learn, you know, initially, we still did it as a live broadcast. So that was, that was a challenge um, because this was several years ago. And the cool thing is, how rapidly technology is is advancing um, in this realm, but you know, then then we finally settled on just a straight podcast um, where uh, we record it on Zoom. Um, you know that that obviously has been fairly recent to to be able to do it on Zoom within the last couple of years, but we do it on Zoom. Now I enjoy the editing process. Um, and so I've chosen to not outsource that, but I do have a producer and she is who coordinates talking to my guests, getting the guests. Um, and then she does all the social media posting and, and things like that. So it's definitely not a one person type of, of podcast. And, and again, I think that's where so many people think, oh, I have to do it myself because I'm doing it in my little home office and yada, yada, yada. No, you know, there's, there's so many resources that are out there for people people. Yeah, exactly. And I think it does depend on the person because some people mm-hmm. do like editing, mm-hmm. but the whole purpose of Podbladed and what I found is that mm-hmm. there is that audience who likes talking and they like right. getting to know people's stories mm-hmm. and they don't like the technical side. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, there's two sides to a podcast mm-hmm. and you have to uh, do both or both mm-hmm. need to be done essentially. So that's, that's, that's kind of what we realized really mm-hmm. early on. Right. You know, and it's interesting because you can have a great interview, great content. But if it is not 
edited well, produced well, it's not going to matter. Um, you know, and it's just like, you know, video, you, you have to have great video. And it's, it's funny, I say that as I'm looking at mine going, my lighting is still not quite right. And, you know, some things like that, you know, but, but, you know, it is something that we, we have to take the steps to make sure we have. Um, and, you know, it, initially a big part of it is obviously your equipment and the software that you're using. Um, you know, everybody that's that's watching can see that I've got my big, I have a, a big uh, microphone. Um, I have little, I call them my secret service head headphone um, <laughs> that I listen to, to on the earpiece. You've got a, a headset, you know, but it's the it's not a huge expense. I mean, you know, this big fancy microphone was a hundred bucks. Um, you know, it, gaming headgear uh, it, it has microphones and and earpieces and things like that, and that'll do perfect. I mean, you, you know, it's it's so this isn't a big expense. Um, you know, finding the host, finding the platform. Those, you know, again, those are not expensive, but you do have to kind of research and, and find some things like that. So it's just a matter of starting. And I love that when you started, you interviewed world-class business owners. So how is it that that, that was what you decided to do? Yeah. So again, I was always passionate in entrepreneurship, starting my own businesses, and I was so intrigued by how some of the people were able to do it. And the way that I initially even started my podcast was I would go to different business events and networking events uh, in New York and in Florida. And what ended up happening is one of the guests that, uh, or one of the speakers there, his name is Casey Adams, and he has his own podcast. And he mm -hmm. said, no matter what you want to do uh, for business or life, just start a podcast. It opens mm -hmm. up so many doors for you. And, you know, I was just skeptical at first. And then he was kind of, he kept going. He talked mm -hmm. for about an hour and I actually ordered the microphone. I used to have the same one that you have. I mm -hmm. ordered it while he was still speaking. And I mm -hmm. said, okay, I'm committed. I'm starting it. And then I was like, where do I find guests? Right. Cause mm -hmm. I'm, I haven't even started yet. I don't have any episodes. Right. So my strategy was to reach out to those speakers at those different business okay. events. And so I started reaching out to them and then I started building off those people. So okay. I would reference their friends who were also doing business. I mm -hmm. say, Hey, I just had your friend X on my show mm -hmm. and he recommended you or something like that. And then I would just keep climbing that mm -hmm. ladder until I was able to, uh, to scale from there. Right. Yeah. And the least that's going to happen is they're going to either ignore you or tell you no. Yeah. And then you just go on to the next person. Um, exactly. You know, that's the thing. And, but, but when you have something professional and a professional pitch, it does really help, um, you know. And so you're not just saying, hey, I've got this podcast. Um, you know, it's I have this podcast. We have listeners from around the world, you know, all these various things. And let's be honest, we all like to talk about ourselves. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so that's kind of the, the important thing is to – to, to be approaching them and saying, hey, you know, you have this great subject matter. Um, and, and I know that my listeners, my viewers would, would love to, to know more about it. You know, I've been doing this a long time. Your, your you know, program 620-ish. I've been turned down three times. Only three times. Um, and one person told me, oh my gosh, I couldn't talk for an hour. <laughs> and I said, well, now that's curious because I just saw you give a 45-minute presentation <laughs> and you have a 200-page book. I mean, this, you know, and I said, and, and more importantly, it's my job to make sure that we fill the hour, you know, so, so I have to be prepared, you know, all these various things. And he still said no. I mean, so for whatever reason, he just didn't want to do it. Um, I had one person who was a definite industry leader. I won't mention any names who he told me, oh my gosh, I would love to do it. Here's the person who handles my scheduling. She'll be happy to set it up. 
contacted her and she said he was being polite. Don't ever contact us again. Oh my God. And I thought, well, whoop diddly do to you too. (laughs) And, you know, and then I thought, should I tell him? And then I thought, nah, it's not worth it. I mean, you know, this just wasn't, you know, wasn't, wasn't worth it. But the funny thing was he came back to me at one point and said, Hey, you've got this great podcast. I'd like to be a guest. (laughs) <laughs> and I turned him down. <laughs> you know? Now, you was that spiteful? Yes. <laughs> um, but and, and he asked why, and I told him why. Um, you know, and, and he did not respond. So I'm not quite sure what happened, but it was okay, whatever. Um, and then I, I did have one person who said, I just really wouldn't be comfortable doing that. And this, you know, this was long before we included the video portion. And that's fine. You know, I don't ever want to make somebody so nervous that they're not going to going to enjoy it. Um, Now we have had, I have had people we've included video now for almost a couple years. And there are some people who say, nah, we don't want to do video. That's fine. You know, it is a podcast first and foremost, um, you know, and, and so it, it works out great. But, you know, I've, I've had a couple people who've come to me who, uh, they've, I, I am their first interview. So that's always a little bit more challenging, but it's always gone well. Um, you know, and, and so, but it's, it, it really is, it's all about being prepared. And that's, you know, as we said, sometimes people are going to tell you no. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's definitely awesome. And I mean, you could just tell already by, you know, your, your skills that you've been doing this for, for a very, very long time. And I think one of the biggest things with podcasters is being able to hold up a conversation mm-hmm. because a lot of podcasters, they just go, they have a list of like 30 questions right. and the person answers it and they just go to the next question, mm-hmm. the next question. And it just seems extremely robotic. And mm-hmm. those are not the podcasts that people want to listen to. Right. They want you to go deep into a concentrated mm-hmm. topic and kind of you know, expose some of the mm-hmm. things that you normally don't share and provide that extra level of value. Mm-hmm. So that's another mistake I've seen from from a lot of podcasts right. that are just starting. Right. You know, and I, now are you still doing your podcast? So I actually stopped my podcast mm-hmm. a few months ago. And the only reason why is because it wasn't that I didn't like podcasting. It was that um, I felt like I was doing the same interview style okay. as everyone else. Just interview these, okay. uh, you know, these entrepreneurs, ask them mm-hmm. about, you know, how they started up and where they were born. And then from there, just ask them what their key to success is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, while I love speaking to those people and while I love the podcast itself, it just seems very um, demotivating just realizing mm-hmm. that it's just a copy paste format. Right. So I've been trying to brainstorm a, a new concept for myself that's unique, but haven't found it yet. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And obviously every podcast is, is different. Um, mine is clear, you know, very clearly a business podcast. So I'm usually not going to have any type of gotcha questions or, you know, you know, anything mean. Um, there are a couple of times where I have asked some guests, would you be comfortable talking about X? Um, but I ask them that before the program, um, you know, and that's usually an attorney or a financial person who might have some legal constraints as to what they can be talking about. And so I'll say, you know, would it, would you be comfortable talking about this? And, and almost always they've said yes there have been a couple of times where they've said no um but but that's fine um but you know there are obviously podcasts out there where it is um more of a a sensational type of podcast and the guests know that i mean you know if you're going to be interviewed by somebody like that then you know that they're they're probably going to try and, and ask something but you know it's it is, you know, it's, it's, as you said, it's finding that format, finding that template. Um, you know, I ask my guests, uh, you know, there are some standard things I ask, you know, like at the very start, tell us how you got there. At the, at the end, I say, you know, what words of wisdom do you have? But everything else in between is a conversation. 
And so it just kind of goes where it goes. Sometimes we've gone way far off topic, um, but those are the fun ones. Um, but I always ask my guests what they want to talk about. Um, you know, and, and it's interesting when I have somebody, you get a lot of authors that, that want to talk about their book, and that's perfectly fine. I love getting their books. You know, it's, it's great education for me. But they will say, here are the 10 questions. And it's usually not them. It's their publicist. Here are the 10 questions that you can ask. You know, and those are great, but sometimes it's, you know, the conversation doesn't go there, um, you know, and, and so I do like to, to delve a little bit deeper to find a little bit more, um, but you know, it's, it's still a lot of fun and, and I want my guests to feel like, Hey, we want to come back. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think that's one of the biggest things, um, making the guests feel comfortable. Cause like mm-hmm. you said, especially if it's their first, uh, interview that they've mm-hmm. ever done, they don't know how to respond. They don't know. Right. Do they have to change the, mm-hmm. the conversation. Do they have to move things along? Mm-hmm. And it's it's very difficult. And I remember in some of my first podcasts, just listening through them, they were terrible. Oh, I yeah. Some of my no first idea. ones I'm just mortified at. No <laughs> idea what I was doing. I was I would just pause for like a few seconds and be like, and then just ask the next question, mm-hmm. not even kind of answer. And I would just be like, okay. And then next question, it would mm-hmm. just extremely repetitive and pattern and no real conversation. So I sometimes like to laugh and I would also do it in my room. And mm-hmm. so my, my bed was there. I was wearing these big bulky headphones <laughs> and, and I was using some like $20 webcam on Amazon. And it was just, it's just really cool to look back. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm right. sure a lot of other podcasters have a similar experience. Well, and I love that you did it, you know, because so many people that are <clears throat> my age are, <laughs> are scared to, uh, you know, they think, well, we're going to be judged okay, you know, so what? It's a podcast, you know, we're we're not out there, you know, doing major damage to people. Have I had some people who on occasion have done a bad review? Sure. Okay. Again, whatever. Um, You know, it doesn't really matter that much to me, but it is about actually doing it. And the, you know, I was looking up some some podcast stats, and of course, you know, these are all very arbitrary, you know, and and uh, so, but there's there's an estimate, and I found this in several different places. So somebody came up with this number that there's over one and a half million podcasts with about thirty four million episodes that are out there. Now, again, those podcasts run the gamut of anything from business to, you know, somebody talking about their, their new makeup techniques, you know, all of these various things. Um, but one of the things, and I couldn't find the stat on this, but it was how many actually fail that never make it past maybe the first six months, maybe the first year. And a big part of that is probably exactly what we were talking about at the start. They don't realize everything that they need to do. Um, so talk to us a little bit more about exactly what Podblade provides. And there are other companies that provide the same thing. So, um, you know, it's, this is, you know, if you're going to outsource it, these are some, some things that you might look for a company to help you with. Yeah. And I remember seeing a, a statistic. I don't remember exactly what the number was, but I think it's like most of the podcasts uh, fail within their first seven episodes or they mm-hmm. stop within their first seven right. episodes. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely important to know. But in terms of Podblade, um, again, it was just solving all the personal pain points that I have. So mm-hmm. we originally started as a B2C company, you know, just okay. serving podcasters, just becoming a standard mm-hmm. editing company. And then in about April or May, we realized, hey, uh, we want to kind of take a different angle. Mm-hmm. We don't want to just be that just another editing company. So we kind of transitioned into B2B. And now we work with marketing agencies, Great. podcast coaches, mm-hmm. um, podcast courses, and other mm-hmm. podcast editing companies to offer a white label system. Mm-hmm. So while we still 
obviously accept uh, B2C clients. We have a section on our site that's for <laughs> podcasters. Mm-hmm. Our main priority now is scaling through the business to business side. And essentially what that is, is that we have our own portal system that we use through something called Service Provider Pro. Mm-hmm. And essentially what we do is we build the, the partner a skeleton of our portal mm-hmm. onto with their branding and their prices. Okay. And so they're able to charge two to typically two to three times what we charge. Mm-hmm. And they're also able to, you know, create custom packages mm-hmm. and, and uh, adjust the portal. And we've kind of set it up in a way where when someone submits an order on their portal, it gets sent to our back end and it's like mm-hmm. it never left their portal. All the messages back and forth are mm-hmm. synced with their portal. So again, the clients are just able to have that seamless experience and the, a business owner doesn't really have to focus on maintaining everything. They don't have to use Google drive and Gmail Mm -hmm. and tickets and all that stuff. It's just all handled through this centralized Mm -hmm. portal. And it just allows them to increase their monthly recurring Mm -hmm. revenue and, um, and not have to worry about the the headache of fulfillment. Right. So you mentioned the word white label, explain that a little bit more. Yeah. So essentially white labeling is just offering either a product or service uh, under that someone else offers, except you're just offering it under your branding with okay. your uh, pricing and your services. Mm-hmm. Obviously with products and services, it can range uh, with how that's done. But for us, like I said, we just offer a, a skeleton portal that syncs with our backend. Mm-hmm. There's some people that kind of integrate it on the back end between the two partners, um, but we've kind of created a system that does it um, almost automatically. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've done, I've, I've bought white label content where someone else writes it, and yeah. then I put my branding on it, um, and it's it's the same thing. You know, it's it's if for for people who are still a little bit confused, it's it's almost like you're hiring a consultant. They do the work, you put your brand on it. Um, you know, and the the nice thing is, you don't have to have that knowledge and that skill. Uh, you just need to you know you contact Rom, you contact his team, and say you know hey we're ready to go. And then it goes from there. Um, so, you know, as I mentioned, you don't have to have the editing skills, which that can get pretty complicated, um, yeah. you know, and, and uh, all sorts of, of things like that, the uploading, the social media posting. So that, again, you're focusing on you do that interview and then you go off and you do the other thing that you're actually doing for business. Yeah, exactly. And for us, we've kind of uh, started out by realizing that we don't want these, the businesses that we're partnering to have to hire a operations team, hire a production team, manage any of the fulfillment, any right. of the customer service that's all done by us. So essentially mm-hmm. they don't really need to know anything about podcasting necessarily, mm-hmm. except to know what the, their services mm-hmm. that they're offering so that they can, you know, put it on their website or integrate it with their existing services. Mm-hmm. But other than that, um, we've kind of made it so that they just kind of set it and essentially mm-hmm. forget it uh, unless there's like an issue with refunds, which we're, we work with them. But right. other than that, it's, it's pretty straightforward mm-hmm. right so you know i'm I kind of walk me through this a little bit so say you and i do this interview then would i just say okay i'm I, here's the audio file here's the video file and then you take it from there yeah so we have uh, again the portal system that we've created and so once someone purchases one of the packages they'll have a slot on their dashboard that'll say upload files from okay. there they'll type in their episode title similarly to a mm-hmm. form that we filled out for uh for your interview right. and then from there uh they just we have a slot for about four files four to five files some mm-hmm. people submit their intros in different orders some people have custom intros some mm-hmm. people do the voices um in different tracks so we give them the space there we have a space for editing instructions and then from there we have kind of 
kind of like a checklist of the, the deliverables that they want. So mm-hmm. our packages all include social media. Um, they all include some sort of um, video component thumbnail. And so from there, they have a checklist where they can check off what they want for every specific episode. So mm-hmm. sometimes they only record audio. Sometimes they don't need a thumbnail. Sometimes they need a caption video. Mm-hmm. So we have that all kind of set up in a checklist. So we know based off the files that they gave us what they need. Um, and from the audiogram perspective, they could get, we have a few different templates from the to choose from they have to you know send us the image of the guest or them right. or however they want to structure it mm-hmm. and then from there uh, they submit it and then we have uh, three team members so we have an editor a graphic designer and a writer that all kind of works on their show and they're, they're going to be the ones that are going to be working on their show every single time so it's not like they have to re-explain a concept to someone and then from there um, usually after the first or second show we kind of get a, a really good feel about right. how they it, like it, everything you, structured. You get into that team flow mm-hmm. yeah exactly and then from there um, that's pretty much it we have some clients that prefer us to um, send them the files directly within the portal Mm -hmm. and we have some that just say here just schedule it I don't want to look at it anymore Mm -hmm. Um, I just want to record my episodes and and that's kind of the that's why we even added that feature Mm -hmm. to begin with because I knew the struggles that that I had as a podcaster Mm -hmm. I knew that Okay, uh, even if the episode is edited now, I have to go schedule it. I have to set the time. I have to right. put the notes. And so I'm like, I let's do just this. I got to do that. Yeah. Uh, and oh my gosh, I don't have power today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I just wanted to find a system that just worked for the podcaster and it gave them everything they need and, and none of what they, they don't because a lot of mm-hmm. podcast companies, they, they charge a lot and they kind of sell them on things that they don't necessarily really need. And mm-hmm. so that's why I kind of condensed it. I made it very simple and it, it's been helping a lot of podcasters ever since. Great. I love it. Well, let's kind of go back to why someone would even want to be a podcaster. Um, you know, I, I like to talk. I, and more importantly, I love talking to my guests. You know, I have so much fun. I've, I have met some guests that have now become close personal friends. I learn every program. I mean, you know, that is, is probably one of the best things is I get to learn something with every single person that I'm talking to. And, and so I have a lot of fun. But, you know, it, we mentioned uh, 1.5 million podcasts. And so immediately people thought, oh, my God, you know, I don't want to have to compete with that, all those things. Why should somebody even be thinking about doing a podcast? I mean, you could really say the same thing with with anything, the amount Mm -hmm. of YouTube channels that are out there, the amount of businesses that are out there. So you can't just not start just because there are a ton out there. Mm -hmm. You just have to find your your creative angle. Nobody's unique anymore. I hate to say it. (laughs) Yeah. Again, it's just about finding your angle. And and for me, when when, um, someone asked me, why should I start a podcast? Essentially, it it just depends because podcasting is not for everybody. You know, if you're shy, you don't really like Mm -hmm. to talk that much. Being a podcast host, let alone, you know, a guest and coming on Mm -hmm. a show can be very, very difficult and can it cannot be fun and enjoyable. And so right. um, I would definitely say it's not for everybody. But if you do like, you know, talking about yourself, mm-hmm. talking about others, providing value, and obviously creating content, because this is similarly mm-hmm. to a YouTube channel, my podcast go on YouTube, mm-hmm. it's content, um, it allows you to boost your social mm-hmm. presence, and just overall just associate yourself with very high level thinkers. And for me, it's it's obviously a no brainer. That's, that's why I've started. But I would just say, um, Try it out, right? The, it, like you said, there's not many costs associated with it. You get a microphone, maybe a webcam, mm-hmm. so a few lights, and and you're you're ready to go, and and you right. you have a professional setup. So, um, I would say there isn't much downside. Obviously, if you're you're running a few episodes, and and you don't even have to post them, you can just have conduct interviews. And mm-hmm. if you don't like them, it's if it's kind of draining for you, then I wouldn't recommend doing it. But right. like I said, it doesn't hurt to try. Mm-hmm. 
Right. You know, and it does help to have that team that's going to support you. Yeah. Um, you know, I originally had the radio station and then I knew enough about it that I could go on my own. And then it really was one of those things where I thought, okay, there, there's some of this stuff that I do <clears throat> that can easily be handed off to yeah. a virtual assistant. And, you know, and, and I've, I've had several, but I've been working with Kim, my, my current producer, for over three years now. Um, oh. You know, and, and we've, we've got a, a system down. You know, it's, uh, people ask me, so she does your social media posts? I say, yes. And, and they say, well, do you send them to her? And I say, no. You know, if I had to write it and send it to her, I might as well just post it myself. Um, you know, she knows the, the flow. Every once in a while, I might go in and change a word here or there. But usually, and I shouldn't say this, I don't even look. Um, because, <laughs> but more importantly, that's because I trust yeah. that what she has done is right. And, and I don't have to look at it. You know, if I'm looking at it, it's because I'm looking at people's comments, responding to those, you know, some things like that. But it, it was about developing that, that's, you know, as you said, kind of that, that process that we went through to, to do all of that. Yeah. And for me, what I would say um, in terms, just from like a business perspective, aside from like the podcast and the podcast uh, and Podblade, one of the biggest things for me, and, and I know you talked about words of wisdom is definitely um, having systems and processes mm -hmm. in your business. And what I also realize is having those same systems in your personal life. Right. So kind of making sure that you're organized, you have, you know, nothing is, is kind of surprised. My day is obviously time blocked. Mm -hmm. um, everything is kind of set up. So even from that perspective, just having that system and, mm -hmm. and a team and, and kind of things being so definitely helps in, in the long run. Right. Yeah. So let's talk about biz the business aspects um, because you've learned you know, lots of words of wisdom at a, at a very young age to have things um, that, that you know, are a process. Uh, you know, calendars. I mean, that's, that's one of the, the biggest things. I have an online scheduling program. Somebody was just asking me which one I use today and I use a program called Schedule Once. There's quite a few of them out there. They tie into your Outlook calendar, your, your Google calendar, whatever it is. And it, usually there is a fee associated with it. Um, you know, I always tell people, if there's a free version, try the free version first. Um, but sometimes you, you need, because, you know, I, I want to personalize it. I want to brand my schedule, all those things. And so I, I do pay for that. But it, just that right there is such a time saver because you're not doing the, well, hey, Rom, what about Tuesday at two? Tuesday at two wouldn't work. Okay, well, how about Wednesday? You know, you, you, you eliminate yeah. those back and forth emails by having that scheduling program. So that's kind of one of the things that can be automated. Um, you know, we, anything as a business person that you can automate, the better it is. Um, you know, obviously make sure it's working right. But, you know, do things like that. So what are some of the other things that, that you have automated? Yeah. So uh, like you said, with the scheduler, I use uh, Calendly, which is mm -hmm. another one of those uh, options that syncs directly with my calendar. I right. can ask questions. Um, and I've used that for my podcast. Mm -hmm. I've used it for, you know, my business meetings. I've mm -hmm. used it um, for, for a bunch of different things. And it's been very, very useful. Like you said, going back and forth can take a long time and it can be very frustrating, especially from a podcast mm -hmm. perspective. If you're just going back and forth with mm -hmm. a guest, um, it can be very deterring and they might not even want to do it right. uh, at, at the end. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's definitely been big. One of the things that I do um, is I have um, check-ins twice per week with uh, with each individual mm -hmm. team member. So that's um, automated using something called Poly. 
Slack.io, I think. That's mm-hmm. on okay. um, that's on Slack. So I communicate mm-hmm. with my team through Slack. And from mm-hmm. there, it sends them a questionnaire of like two, two or three questions. You know, mm-hmm. are all of your orders on time? Do you have any questions? And, you know, are you ready to crush mm-hmm. the rest of the week? Stuff like that, Tuesday and Thursday, just so I'm, you know, making sure that no one's kind of slipping off. Everyone knows exactly what they're mm-hmm. doing and, and everyone is comfortable with, with their workload and, and stuff like that. So that's been another huge thing. And, you know, there's automation and at the same time, there's delegation. So a lot right. of tasks like checking email mm-hmm. um, and just, you know, those mundane tasks that are worth, um, you know, that they're worth uh, kind of outsourcing. So you can focus your time on, you know, more of the income generating activities, right. things that move the needle forward a lot more. Mm-hmm. And so that's another thing that I've realized. And, and I, I've, I'm actually reading the, the four hour work week right now by Tim Ferriss. And mm-hmm. he's, he talks about that he has uh, virtual assistants and, and other people mm-hmm. um, managing his flights, uh, booking hotels for him, right. massage, dentist, mm-hmm. doctor appointment. So it just applies to, to your life as, as mm-hmm. well as business, but those key elements are, are crucial. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and you manage a team of 10, I believe you Correct. said, and they're all remote, um, you know, and, and it's, it's interesting, you know, you were doing what, you know, before this, what so many companies now because of the pandemic are having to figure out. Um, how is managing remote teams? You know, are they in different time zones, different countries? I mean, how, how do you coordinate all of that? Yeah, so most of them are in um, are are in a similar similar time zone. Okay. Um, and for me, one of the biggest things that I've realized is just um, making sure that everyone um, is on the same page. And communication okay. has been one of the biggest things because you know, again, with the time zones, they're up different times than mm-hmm. than other people are. And so it's important to make sure that you have those again check-in points, like I said, mm-hmm. to because if you don't speak to you know one of the employees for twenty four hours, you want to make sure that they're still kind of you know right. doing the thing. They're not sick, you know, something didn't happen. So um, that's definitely been, been huge for me. And at the same time, um, from, from an understanding perspective, I've just learned at a, at a very young age to, to be uh, very compassionate. You know, when I first mm-hmm. got out of high school and I was starting up in the business world, I thought, oh, you know, I'm, I know everything and, mm-hmm. you know, I'm the CEO. And, and you know, I, now I don't even like, for example, uh, a few weeks ago, one of, one of my uh, uh, employees called me boss and I'm like, no, no, no. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't like that. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like we're on the same team. It's, there's mm-hmm. no levels. It's just that we mm-hmm. just each have our different responsibilities. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the biggest things that um, a lot of uh, entrepreneurs make starting mm-hmm. on. They think, you know, they have all the power. And, and of course, obviously like it's their job to move the needle forward, but it's, it's a team. It's not Mm -hmm. one, you know, and then there's just all these other people on the side. Right. You know, I think delegating, you, you mentioned that that's, that is one of the most critical things. And so many people, when they start a business, they think they have to do it all. You know, that, that they'll be looked down on if they, if they have somebody else help them. You know, and none of us are experts in everything. Um, you know, we, we talk fairly often on this program about how to set up a business. And I tell people, you know, there are steps that you need to take because you need to make sure that legally you are doing things properly. Um, you know, so you, so you have a, a business license, you, you know, and, and there's, a, a, you talk to a, a, maybe a tax attorney, you know, all these various things. And, you know, I'm not saying that you're spending thousands of dollars, you know, this is something, and you might work out a trade, you might, you know, all, there's various ways to be able to do this. And yes, there are some things that you can research and, and do on your own. I remember when I set up my, my company, which is uh, Wise Women Communications, is my overall company. This was long enough ago that it was um, before the internet. Um, And so I walked my little self down to the Secretary of State's office, filled out the paperwork, 
handed them my check, which was, I think, for $60. Um, and I didn't have a credit card yet because I wasn't a business yet. And, and so I handed them a personal check. And, and I expected bells and whistles and confetti. And she handed me literally a two-inch by three-inch receipt from the cash register <laughs> and said, okay, now you're a business. And I was just crushed. I mean, I was like, but now, of course, you do this all online. Oh, my camera's decided that I'm not going to be in focus right now. But, um, and, and so it's, it's done online. It's, it's pretty easy to do. But you should research to find out what type of, of business you want to be. But you know, then once you're doing whatever it is that you're doing, it's okay to outsource. You know, we've got VAs. We've got all these people. And it's a great new business uh, base that that people have created. I mean, VAs are are fairly new as as an actual concept of being a virtual assistant. And the cool thing is, it allows them to do multiple things. You know, I'm I I don't know about the people that that work for you, but it can be that they're doing several different things all at the same time. So that comes back to the all important communication. You know, your folks need to know that you expect five hours of work from them a day or X number per week or, or something like that. And that's then, you know, where you where checking in all those various things is so important. Yeah. And for me, uh, what I would say also is just the, the fact that um, a lot of people are scared to, mm -hmm. you know, outsource, especially when they're starting. Mm -hmm. um, but the thing is, again, with communication, uh, is creating systems. So mm -hmm. what I like, what we spoke about earlier, um, if there's a, some, a task that you want, you know, a virtual assistant or, or someone else to complete, um, I usually just make a, a video recording myself mm -hmm. and as in, in as much detail as right. possible, you know, pretending like I'm explaining mm -hmm. to a nine year old and go every step of the mm -hmm. way. And then once you record that video, once you'll never have to work on the task ever again. Right. And I mean, that's extremely mm -hmm. valuable. And it's the same thing with starting a business. You know, you work harder than you would at nine to five for the mm -hmm. first, you know, you know, it could take anywhere from six months to a year, mm -hmm. even more. And then from there, you're kind of working less, you're able, you've built systems that, you know, work for you and, and delegation and automation. And you're able to kind of focus on the bigger picture without having to check emails or, you know, manage the team at, at some point. And so it definitely becomes um, very, very relieving once you've set things up properly in the beginning. Right. You know, and then, of course, the, the key is to empower the people that, that you work with. Yeah. You know, so you have this video and it says you do this and this and this and this and shows people how to do it. Well, after they've done it a while, they might go, wait a minute, there's a better way to do this. Yeah. Um, and you know, then that's, that's the key is to let them either do that or explain to you or, you know, there are times where it's like, nah, it still needs to be done this way. Um, but it's, you know, it, it it is, as you said, it's more about being that team as opposed to I'm the boss and you're my employees. Yeah. yeah and it's gotten to the point where now like some of the systems or, or checklists or things I'm creating, I run it by, you know, the, the I, virtual assistants before mm -hmm. I, you know, kind of put it in, in the, in the different training centers mm -hmm. or whatever, because a lot of them, for example, the editing softwares, they know a lot of the different plugins right. and terminology mm -hmm. than I do. Mm -hmm. And so they're kind of able to, to help me with that. So, mm -hmm. you know, once you get to a point where, um, you know, you're hiring really talented people. They're mm -hmm. actually able to help you and, and, you know, make your life mm -hmm. easier while kind of showing you exactly what you need to include, what maybe you don't need to include. And that's very, very powerful moving forward. Right. You know, and they might actually know more about it. Exactly. Um, you know, they might say, oh my gosh, there's this new widget. There's this new plugin. There's this new yeah. software, you know, all of those various things. And because you're so busy running the business, you haven't had time to, to catch up on those. And, and that's where it's, it's invaluable to have those great team members. 
Yeah, exactly. And and even with that, um, there's different perspectives, right? So if I have, you know, two editors that are both looking at this, one of them might mm-hmm. say this and the other one might say, mm-hmm. you know, something else. And then they might come together and say, oh, well, this one is really right or oh, this one's really mm-hmm. right. And then kind of rationalizing it, obviously not, not in like a, a toxic way, but just kind right. of looking at the different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there are different softwares to use mm-hmm. or different templates, stuff like that. So it's definitely useful, obviously, once you've built a team mm-hmm. to allow yourself to have those different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and then what that really allows is for you to scale up. Yeah. Um, you know, so when you're adding people, it's much easier to onboard them. Yeah. And so we've kind of created uh, systems to allow us to scale. So for example, mm-hmm. if we have a partner that comes to us now and they're like, hey, we have, you know, 30 podcasters that we want to add mm-hmm. um, to your white label program. Uh, let's do it. And for us, you know, 30 podcasters, you know, just right away is, you know, it's it's a lot to handle. It's a chunk. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So we've created a system where we have in-depth training uh, videos, just like what I was explaining to you on how to do every little thing. We have checklists Mm -hmm. for every type of deliverable that Mm -hmm. we have. And so we make sure that um, even if you're starting out, you know, you won't be able to kind of slip through the cracks because everything is so detailed, Mm -hmm. you know, double check, triple check, it's all in in those checklists. And so we're able to hire someone, you know, within a week and a half to two weeks and they're Mm -hmm. fully ready. They're onboarded. Mm -hmm. They've already had calls with, you know, some some of the uh, team members that are doing a similar um, task to them. And, and from there, we're just able to scale. So there really is no limit to, to kind of how many um, orders or quantity we can take. Mm-hmm. Right. I love that. You know, and, and, you know, because especially right now, things are changing very rapidly. You know, a, a lot of people are figuring out that they have to do business in a very different way, especially virtually. You know, we might have been able to to go to meetings in the past and and conferences and and all of these things, and now we can't. And who knows when we're really going to be able to do that again, or or more importantly, when we're going to feel comfortable doing that again. Um, you know, they've started having meetings, business meetings, and and chambers and things like that here in Atlanta, and I'm just not comfortable going to those things yet. Uh, you know, and and you know, so I, I think people really are thinking, how can I expand? You know, I'm used to dealing with people here in Atlanta. You're used to dealing with people in New York. We're now going to start dealing with people around the world. And so what can we do? And podcasting is a great way to be able to do that. Yeah. And, and in the online space, you know, the, the whole dynamic is different when I'm on a call with clients and this mm-hmm. has been forever. So I've been running, you know, the whole business online, never had an office, anything like that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, all the, we're all um, kind of remote. So from there, what I've realized is that the calls that I have, for example, with a potential client, you know, is, is on a call just like this on a zoom call. And so a lot of, you know, especially some of the older people are like, wait, like I need to be in person. We need to Mm -hmm. meet shake their hand. We must go to Starbucks. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it's just that the dynamic is, is completely changing. And I mean, even before coronavirus, just with the increase of technology and, you know, the, the reach that you're able to have, um, and kind of talk to anyone in the world, essentially Mm -hmm. that, you know, has an internet connection, um, just, just kind of changes the whole game. It allows you to scale, no matter where you are in the world. So that's mm-hmm. why it kind of allows you when you're working remote and all you need essentially is your laptop right. to be able to work from anywhere, have that mm-hmm. time, location, and financial freedom, and then just kind of live a very mm-hmm. fulfilling life. Right. Yeah. I tell people I can work anywhere. I have internet. Yeah. Um, we had big storms that came through here last week. Hurricane Zeta came, you know, went bebopping through here and, and um, took out our power and actually took it out very close to the house. It was it was amazing how how close that was. Um, it, we we could only turn one direction out of our cul-de-sac because there were trees down. Um, yeah. And they we had power back within about ten hours. Not a big deal. 
but we didn't have internet for about a day and a half. Um, and the weird thing was I also didn't have it on my phone. So, um, my, that carrier was having issues also. So I couldn't use my phone as a hotspot. Um, you know, and, and to not have internet was, was just very bizarre. Uh, now luckily I have fabulous neighbors who gave me permission to, uh, use their, their router and use their Wi-Fi. Um, but you know, it was, it was still just very strange. Um, but yeah, for the most part, if we have internet, we can work wherever in the world. Um, you know, and, and which is part of the cool thing about this, because we can travel. We can, you know, even if you're doing something like a podcast and recording, um, I was looking on your website at, at some of the things and, and one of the testimonials, he's in the plaza at the Vatican. Um, <laughs> now, I'm assuming he doesn't normally record from there, but it was just, you know, this was, you know, so we can, we can be recording, we can be doing this anywhere and let's be honest we can actually be doing it with just our phones um you know and and now you might want to you know have a a little a little bit better you know you need to make sure again like we were saying your audio has got to be good so you know if you're out in a big public area you might still need a you know a a microphone and and some things like that but you can do this anywhere yeah exactly and all i I would need essentially is my computer Mm -hmm. my mic and and maybe a light in my my camera and Mm -hmm. you know you could you could easily fit that in in all in a carry-on suitcase so you know, it's not like you would have to kind of carry mm-hmm. all these big clunky equipment, which, you know, a few years ago, you may have had to do that mm-hmm. because right. there wasn't all these different, mm-hmm. um, you know, kind of USB attachments mm-hmm. that you could just add. You'd have to add like a big webcam mm-hmm. or however you wanted to set it up. So times have definitely changed. Mm-hmm. and It's allowed us to be more portable, especially mm-hmm. um, in the online business space. And, you know, if the if the Internet does, you know, cut out um, for a certain time. And, you know, we're talking about this coronavirus pandemic, you know, how are online businesses going to change? How are they going to last? And, you know, what happens if the internet ever shuts down? Well, you know, if the internet ever shuts down, then, you know, I don't think you're going to be going to your job either just because, you know, you use most of your, you know, your job is done on the internet anyway. It's just, you have to be in a location to to be able to do it. So, um, yeah, that, that's kind of my view on, on the internet and, and I, I told my neighbors, I said, you know, if Russia ever really wants to mess with us, all they need to do is take out our power um, because that would, I mean, that would, that would get everything. And, um, you know, your cell phones would only last for so long. It was interesting, you know, when we had so many uh, issues last week, you could tell that the cell towers were overloaded, yeah. um, you know, and, and I'm sure that's part of why I didn't have a good connection either. And so, yeah, I mean, you know, but then, then we just, I, I did this, I, I got out a book a real book, a physical book, um, you know, and, yeah. and um, because, you know, we didn't have TV either. I mean, you know, all sorts of things. And, and but, you know, it, the, the cool thing was it gave us that break, you know, and, and I think that is something, you know, here I'm going to go off on a different tangent. I think we do get a little bit too attached to our technology. And sometimes it is nice to take a break and, and yeah. have that day downtime or, um, you know, I know people who take a, a, a week vacation. Now, they take their cell phone. I think all of us at least want to stay a little connected because there could be emergencies, you know, yeah. and, and some things like that. But, you know, we're going to say, okay, we're not going to check email. We're not, you know, we're going to do all of these various things. That comes back to having a good team. You know, if 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 you, I mean, the, the ultimate goal, and that's kind of the, the four-hour workday thing, is that you have such a good team that you don't have to be doing all of the, that all of the time. You know, somebody else is taking care of, of a lot of those details. 
Yeah, and for me, uh, a few months ago, um, I actually decided that um, I'm going to take uh, Saturdays off and mm-hmm. not use my phone. So it's actually a religious thing. I, I'm, I'm Jewish, so it's called mm-hmm. the, the mm-hmm. Sabbath. Right. So mm-hmm. essentially what I do from Friday sundown to Saturday sundown mm-hmm. is I'm not on my phone. I'm not on my mm-hmm. computer. I don't turn on the lights. I can't write. I can't drive. I can't you know do all those right. things. So it's, mm-hmm. it's very, very... Um, powerful and from mm-hmm. a reflection standpoint just right. to disconnect from society mm-hmm. and so I'll, i'm able to do that obviously because of of the team that, that mm-hmm. we built and we were able to uh, kind of cultivate but i think yeah definitely taking time you know whether the internet's out mm-hmm. or not to definitely um have some time to reflect and mm-hmm. to just kind of um be with your own thoughts because mm-hmm. when you're constantly looking at a screen it's it's very hard to do that right and now uh, with the election, we just don't want to be looking. <laughs> you know? yeah. um, but, you know, it, it is one of the things is, is, as we've been saying, you know, to have that schedule. One of the things that I learned very early on when I you know, became a home-based business was to set expectations and boundaries for my clients. And, and so, you know, they know that I only work between X and X. Now, Am I going to answer an email or look at an email at 1030 at night? Probably. Um, you know, I, I have one that routinely sends me things after midnight. Now, I never respond because I don't want them to get into that habit. But yeah. I also don't want to tell them you can't send it because then they might forget and, and things like that. But I tell them I'm not going to reply. And I also tell them, you know, because I work from, you know, eight until five-ish, if you expect something to be done on an evening, a weekend, or a holiday, I'm more than happy to do it but it will cost you double. And usually they figure, oh, we can wait till the, the, the next business yeah. day. Um, there are obviously emergencies, um, but, but it, it, that is changing to some degree because we are working with people around the world. Even if we're just working with people in different time zones, um, you know, you and I are um, on Eastern time zone. If we're talking with somebody in California, I mean, that's a big difference. Yeah. And, and so if we have clients there, we have to adapt that schedule too. But again, that comes back to maybe you just have a bigger team. And, you know, and, and so you still keep you know, kind of a regular eight hour day, but somebody else is dealing with things the rest of the time. Yeah, exactly. And for me, what we say with our podcast editing um, that we're doing is we usually say it's uh, three to five business days. Right. That's how long it takes to edit. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if someone's like on mm-hmm. Saturday, you know, that's that's just not a business day. So mm-hmm. that's not how we're able to do mm-hmm. that. And it also um, allows for the podcast uh, host to be a lot more organized with mm-hmm. their ske- with their schedule and how right. fast they're sending things mm-hmm. in. And you know, do they have you know a schedule of, of four episodes of stack just mm-hmm. ready to send in to us? So mm-hmm. that definitely helps. And just kind of setting those boundaries, like you said mm-hmm. early on, um, to prevent those habits of you know sending email late at night or you know sending a lot of things to be done on the weekend. Mm-hmm definitely helps. Obviously, like you said, emergencies do exist, but right. um, in the general case, it's mm-hmm. definitely helpful. Right. You know, and it is, it really is just a matter of getting yourself into that habit. Um, you know, and, and one of the things with a podcast is to maybe get into that habit of knowing, okay, every Tuesday is when my podcast is going to go live, yeah. you know, every Tuesday at 10 a.m. So then you know, okay, well, if I'm if working with, with Ram and his team, that means I need to get it to him maybe on Wednesday of the week before, just yeah. to make sure that, that everything, you know, and, and so then you know, okay, well, I've got to get the interview done by then. Um, it, it's funny, we actually, it, for the first time in a long time, we did not have a program this last Monday. We always upload programs so that we have a program on Monday and Thursday at 11 Central Time. We had some weird glitchy scheduling things where all of a sudden we didn't have somebody for Monday. And I told my producer, you know what? Let's just take time off. 
<laughs> this is and, and so what I did was I went back through the archives and I found a perfect program about being resilient, right? <laughs> a really good program for right now. Yeah. And and you know, and, and so that was what we promoted on social media was to say, you know, hey, there was this program that we did back in May. Here's, you know, you know, and, 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 but it is, you know, when you have that set schedule, and I think that's one of the things that I have seen podcasters fail is they don't have that schedule. You know, they, they're not saying I'm going to upload, you know, so that I have a new program that goes live every, whenever it's just, and, and same thing with, with say a blogger, you know, I'm when the spirit moves, I will, well, you know what, usually the spirit gets busy doing other things. Yeah. And you know what, even if they do set a schedule, most of them don't operate by the schedule so they'll say oh every tuesday like Mm -hmm. i'm posting an episode Mm -hmm. and then like three tuesdays pass Mm -hmm. and they just haven't posted anything so it's why i got busy Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so it's it's about you know setting the schedule Mm -hmm. but it's also about you know doing what you actually say that you're going to do and having someone keep you to that i mean you know there are times where i will get an email on say sunday from my producer where she says uh you haven't uploaded monday's program i'm like oh Oh, but, but yeah, so it's, it is, it's, it is all about doing that. And let's be honest, you know, if we're going to be successful in business, we need to be doing these things anyway. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And again, time management has has been huge for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Just kind of time blocking my day, like you said, with calendar, but also Mm -hmm. with tasks. So I know a lot of people just have a to-do list for the day, Mm -hmm. but they don't have the time that they're actually going to do it. Mm -hmm. And so they're stuck in the morning, just choosing, okay, what what do I do here? Uh, I have five tasks, which one should I do? And then they're just kind of thinking more than they're actually doing. And then they end up either not doing as much as they wanted or not really doing anything at all because they're just still choosing. Mm-hmm. They're like, okay, I'll do this task. And then, you know, something else pops up and they're just all over the place. They get an email and then, you know, they respond to that and they don't focus on what they said they were going to do. So again, having that that time block in that organization is huge, not only for, you know, business and for podcasting, but but for life. I also schedule right. out uh, my, my personal time, mm-hmm. you know, stuff to do for, for myself, for my family, um, stuff like that. So it's it's definitely huge. Right. Yeah, I have an online networking group that, that we started back in March because it was like, oh my gosh, we need to see somebody. Um, and so we started this. And, and one of the, the discussions we had was about time management. And my friend Brian Basilico is a king at this. Um, you know, he, it, it, pre-pandemic and post-pandemic, I mean, he, th- he has things like he only goes and networks on certain days. Yeah. He, you know, and, and, and he schedules in his calendar the times he's going to walk his dog. Now, you know, could that be rant? No, you know, he knows. And more importantly, then something else doesn't get scheduled over it. Um, so he goes three times a day. It is in his calendar that he goes, he walks the dog. Um, and, you know, and, and, and I was talking to somebody else who was, it was actually the person who was presenting. And she said she schedules downtime. So, you know, she, she schedules 20 minutes to go out and exercise. She schedules, you know, and, and now some people are like, oh my God, that's, a, but, but if we don't do it, then we, then we don't do it. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and then as you were saying, the key is when that timer goes off and says, hey, you're supposed to go exercise right now, that you do it. You, you think, okay, I'm, and, and so it's, it is, it's getting into that habit of, of doing those things. And it's really hard when you're working by yourself to, to do those things. But, you know, it, it's so important to, to get into those habits. And it's not, you know, it's not that we're micromanaging our schedules or things like that. I mean, some people will have their entire day 
filled and scheduled. And that's fine. They just, you know, they, but, um, but others, you know, it's like, okay, well, I really am, you know, every Thursday is going to be the day that I write my blog post or, you know, all of these various things. And that just, again, it helps us to be more successful in business. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's very important to note also um, that, you know, even if you time block your day, it's, it's flexible, right? You right. can move things around mm-hmm. and because you've organized it, you're, you'll, allow yourself the freedom to be able to move things around. So mm-hmm. for example, you know, um, sometimes I, I like to call my my uncle or my cousin in Israel and, and their time zone is a little different. So, mm-hmm. and th- they want to call and I'm, I set something scheduled, but I know that I have right. time later on. I mm-hmm. can kind of shoot around mm-hmm. and so it, it's just important to note that you know you want to be strict to it mm-hmm. but also when things pop up it's definitely not set mm-hmm. in stone and you can adjust it um, obviously within reason but mm-hmm. to, to kind of still make it an extremely productive day right and you do have to share that schedule with the people that you're working with with your family with with whoever um, you know my producer has access to my online calendar because that way she sees everything so if she if we all of a sudden have to move stuff around she can see that and she knows what's going on. So it's very important, obviously, that I keep it current. Um, I put personal stuff on there. You know, I, it doesn't matter to me that she sees that, you know, I'm, I'm you know, and, and I mean, I don't have to be specific as to what I'm doing if I don't want to, but, yeah. um, you know, and, and uh, but it's, it's interesting. I was thinking back to when I was still in corporate America and, you know, and, and this was a big company. And we could see everybody's schedule, CEO all the way down. I mean, we could see everybody's schedule. And we knew that layoffs were coming. Now, I actually, I was in the communications department. So I was, I I really knew that layoffs were coming um, because I was writing the communications for them. But we had to talk to, especially the HR folks and, and say, okay, you need to start doing your calendar different because people could look at the HR person's calendar and figure out, oh, she is talking to every single person in X department. That's not good. <laughs> you know? And and so we kind of had to not be quite as transparent, um, but it, but we still, you know, you, you still could see things like that. So it's, it's one of those things, like you said, sometimes you just have to be a little bit more flexible. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that's definitely a lot of transparency. I, you know, I put some things in there that are personal to me, so I don't know if I want to just kind of show them to everyone, but yeah, it's definitely important to, to be on the same page with your team, mm-hmm. kind of set expectations with that and, and, and work off, off mm-hmm. your calendar. Right. Right. And, and, you know, to, to keep it current, you know, that's, that's the other thing, you know, it's, I, I, I very rarely do I have to go back to somebody and say, oh my gosh, I've double booked, um, you know, and, and, and when I have, it's been my mistake, you know, it's been something that, that I have done, um, you know, and, and, you know, then, like you said, things come up, um, you know, there are things where you have to go back. I, I did it with you. I had to, to reschedule you because I had a dentist <laughs> appointment, um, you know, things happen. Um, but, you know, See, this is why I set a timer, because we are almost at the top of the hour. This has been so much fun. So tell us how people find you and connect with you and, and work with your company. Sure, yes. Yeah. So um, obviously, my name is Ram Raviv. My Instagram account is R-O-M-R-A-V-I-V. And like we mentioned earlier, uh, my company is called Podblade. That's P-O-D-B-L-A-D-E. And if you are a podcast coach, mm-hmm. uh, other another podcast uh, editing company, or your marketing agency that, you know, thinks your clients could benefit from podcasting mm-hmm. you uh, on the site on podbleed.com. We have a book, a demo call. I'd love to chat and see if we can work together. 
Great. I love it. And again, that's podblade.com. Why podblade? I mean, that was just, that was made me it, curious. Yeah. Uh, we, we like the, the word pod or mm-hmm. the, the phrase, and then we just w- wanted to come up with a, another cool word and, and blade was what we found. It, I know it can sound a little dangerous, but, <laughs> but it's, uh, I, I, we actually got banned from, uh, from Facebook because it had the word blade in it, but, but we, we fixed that. But yeah, it was, it was a little That's weird. Bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I would have thought of blade of like skating or skiing or something like that. Yeah. Um, I'm from Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> you know? yeah. So, you know, this, this really has been so cool. And, you know, I can't encourage people enough to, to be thinking about if you should be podcasting. Um, you know, I've got some resources on my website that, you know, somebody says, okay, how did you get your microphone? Where'd you buy it? Uh, you know, all of these various things. Um, you know, Rom's got a great blog um, where there's, there's lots of great information there. Talks about white labeling. Talks about you know why you should be podcasting. All of these things. So lots of resources out there, and I encourage people to really check it out because more than likely you have a message that that you can get out there. Um, you know whether it's that you're just going to to be the main content, or if you're going to be interviewing or kind of a hybrid of things, be thinking about it. And and I will tell people, you really don't have to do an hour. An hour like I do is is pretty yeah. unusual. Yeah, yeah. Most of mine are, we're between, you know, 30 to 40 mm-hmm. minutes around and right. sometimes more, sometimes less. But again, it just depends on the flow of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Right. I've done interviews that are 15 minutes, you know, and, and, and that was perfect. Yeah. Great. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Ram, do you have any final words of wisdom for everyone? Again, for me, it's it's just system uh, creating systems, automation, and, and delegation, and also elimination. You know, if there's something that doesn't need to be done, uh, mm-hmm. but essentially, those are kind of the biggest things that I've applied and and really focusing your time on what matters. And that's again for life and for business. Mm-hmm. I wear the same black T-shirt every day because I don't want to. You know, I can't match for my life. And, you and Mark and Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I just it just doesn't work well with me. And so just just finding the things that are important in your life and just kind of maximizing your time and your and your resources on those. And you know, a lot of things in our life um, are very irrelevant and we tend to Mm -hmm. put a lot of our energy towards it. So just overall, whether that's business or life, just focus on the things that really matter and, and just kind of run with those. Perfect. I love it. Well, I've been having a wonderful time talking about podcasting with Ram Raviv and about business in general. Um, I'm Deb Creer. As I said, I've been talking with Ram Raviv of podblade.com. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>